Welcome to Doing Our Best. Hello. The afternoon version. It's the evening, babies. Anyways, hi, I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Emma. And we are your hostess with the mostest of doing our fucking best. It's us. Struggling. Or, I mean, thriving. There it is. (laughs) Our last episode was so much fun that we decided we should drink again. Yes. It's in the budget. It is. Yes, we have to. I mean, here's the thing. Did we actually buy alcohol for this or did we dig through the freezer? We dug through the freezer. There it is. But we found whiskey stones, so Mm. we are killing it. You know how we feel about stones in our mouth. Speaking of stones in your mouth, I've been reading so much smut. Here's the thing. I thought that this would be a short-lived thing. I really did, too. You're like small hyperfixations, but this is it for Mm. you. This is the real deal. (laughs) I used to, like really go through novels growing up they were always romance because i was a youth and i was getting them from my school library so they were not smutty but like i always wanted a little bit more than the smooches you know but yeah every other day i was probably picking up another novel and i would just like boom 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 right through them man i did too when i was little Mm -hmm. i think that reading was such a disassociation for me that it's Mm -hmm. sometimes really hard for me to read now See, what blows my mind is that there was a day that I put down a book and I didn't fucking touch it for another 10 years. Right. And then I go on this fucking flight and accidentally stumble into smut and now I'm back. You're inspired. I'm back, baby. Guess who's back? It's me. It's Emma. And I'm constantly blushing in public now. I love it. But think about what a better mood you're in. I'm in such a better mood. Look, sweet, sweet. if it's not depression, it's DiGiorno. There it is. <laughs> and it's piping hot. It's like a little, little Caesars. <laughs> well, my sweet, sweet fiance was, was uh, talking to one of his friends, and he wanted a game, and he was like, yeah, let me, let me ask my fiance if I can game. What do you mean you're asking her if you can game? Yeah, what do you mean you have to ask permission? To which my fiance said, I think this is why you have relationship pro- problems. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, here's the thing, is that anytime that he wants to game, the answer is absolutely. I have a hot, hot date with this book. I wish you would have something to distract you while I continue flipping these pages, you know? Because <laughs> otherwise, I feel kind of bad. I'm like, we are technically... Is flipping these pages a euphemism? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I feel bad. I'm like, I'm just over here... Just smutting it out. Smutting it up. Also, I would like to just share that I read uh, Fourth Wing in less than a week. I am so now reading good. Fourth Wing, and will I be bringing it to work to read on my lunch breaks? You fucking need to. Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but what I what you what you, we all know is that there are dragons, and my sweet sweet fiance knows that. His, that <laughs> I love the sweet sweet fiance <laughs> thing. That's really sold it for me recently. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> But he knows how much smut I've been reading. So every time that I go to read my little book, he goes, you mean your dragon smut? And I'm like, it's not dragon smut. There's not dragon smut. He's like, all right, enjoy. I feel like you're edging. Enjoy your dragon Closer and closer to dragon smut. No, that is a boundary. Here's the thing. I never liked fantasy. I actively avoided this book for so long because I was like, I hate fantasy books. I want to feel like I'm there. I want to feel like it's real. I want to feel like... 
the big, tall, six-foot-four biker man with tattoos and dark hair and maybe a couple of scars. Just a couple is like from chase, trauma. chasing me through the woods after stalking me. You know, like, I want to I want to be there. You miss the trauma. I do. <laughs> I'm hearing it. I love is it. your life so boring right now? Sometimes I worry. <laughs> Sometimes I do be worrying. Relate. <laughs> I fucking relate. But like, as a youth, I never read Aragon. I didn't read... Uh, How did you not? It was Have you fantasy. read it as an adult? No. I haven't. I, I think that part of it is that my sister was really big into fantasy. Yeah, but this Aragon series was written by a kid in our state. That I feel like that that's not selling it as much as you think it is. You know? But remember, this is a state of depression, so he was bored and the book is good. Okay, yeah. Was that selling it? That, yeah. But anyway, listen. <sighs> so I get this fucking book because my sister keeps telling me you have to read it. You have to. It's all over TikTok for me. And I'm like, okay, fine. Fucking fine. Fine. TikTok fucking algorithm. Whew. Fucking delightful. I finished the book today on my lunch break, floored it to Barnes & Noble to get the second with 20 minutes left in my lunch break. I was like, I can't go without. It's a cliffhanger. Are you joking? But here's the thing. My sister then tells me, book two ends on a cliffhanger. Book three isn't released until December. So you can't start reading it yet. Otherwise, you'll be devastated. I can't. I can't not read it. Oh, I've no. already gotten a couple chapters in. Oh, no. And then also, fun fact, everyone at my work, not everyone, but my- The cool people. The cool people at my work. Yeah. Also super reading, cool, popular kid. Also reading Fourth Wing. And so- Absolutely. But we should do a book club. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yes. my God. So the guy is only a couple of chapters in. The girl, I believe, is either finishing it tonight or is, like, almost finished. She was ahead of me by a lot. And I've zoomed right by him. Well, let me tell you, they just texted me, oh, my God, this happened? And I was like, welcome to fucking hell, bitch. Whew. I'm excited to be this devastated. Thank you for mm -hmm. your contributions mm -hmm. to my life. And letting me live in a fantasy world so that I don't have to be stuck in this head. Yeah, my sister was very patient with waiting for me to reach out to her to be like, are you fucking joking right now? I have to just, like, cope? And she's like, yes, you do. That's very hard. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Thank you for this adventure. You're Thank you for rekindling so a love and a passion in my little spirit that I needed a body double to rekindle. Here's how bad the reading is. First of all, I got so much shit done when I was listening to audiobooks. Reading paper books, I can't do anything else. So I'm like, I don't have to eat tonight. Nope. I'm literally in the bath, like leaned all the way back oh, with the yes, little healthy book. coping mechanism. Yep. Just rested on my little tummy. Yeah. And that's why we have tummy fat is to rest that's books in the tub without getting them wet. Well, the second book is what I did that with. Lifted it up. Fucking black from the book binding has, like, stained my little tummy. Oh, you're tanner. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> on a budget. <laughs> anyway, what's going on with you? Well, TikTok has ruined your algorithm with smut. It sure has. TikTok has been listening in to our conversations and ruined our... or made it so enhanced. much better. Enhanced. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> I'm not even um, <laughs> I'm sure of it. Because... After we had a file in our house and we are able to connect with family, relatives, things like that, I've been getting a lot of ads that I should date a felon. And I don't understand. I'm so, it's so funny to me. But also, what a, what a breach of my privacy. <laughs> Some of the TikTok reasons to date 
felons. I'd love to hear them. Are most felons go through rehabilitation programs, which means they're certified to deal with their emotions. What woman doesn't want that? <laughs> what woman doesn't want a, a partner that's been through therapy? That's exactly Part right. Mandated that's or not. basically that's basically it. And they're also unfortunately uh, on a very strict leash. So you got them at that. home. They got their little they got their little anklets on. Where they go and they clean in that house. That's not an anklet, baby. You've been collared. <laughs> Chained. Engaged. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, so that's been hilarious. Both Dan and I have watched these TikToks with a lot of joy in our heart. But what the fuck algorithm? Stop algorithm I'm in. It's almost Emma's birthday. If this person hears this, I want you to know that second day- Okay, hold on. Let me just tell you what's going on. So- <clears throat> It's Emma's birthday! It's coming up, okay? Yeah, bitch. So one of my coworkers, one of my bridesmaids, he, it's a man, but we're girl talking. He decided to gift me one of the best gifts I've ever received. Sorry. Hannah. I'd like you, yeah, I'd like to just like intervene. Here I am. I'm parked. I've intervened. I'm jealous. I have, we've all talked about how I have this like instant connection reaction and I feel oh. replaced. But also... On the actual side of me. I really love that Emma's found someone that can be our bridesman with us. There it is. The dude's fucking dope. And I love him in our friendship. Yeah. We're all just we're all just this big group now. Yeah. But I've I, never had I a just thought I should let you know. I'm sorry. devastated. That's how I felt with the first time that I don't know if you'll leave this in or not, the first time that you went to the ER with your kid. And not and didn't and invite not you. me. I was always your ER buddy. Do you know how hurt I was? I was like, I get it. It's not my place, but like where was my call? And I'm just going to throw this out there. When you are getting to know a child no, and they say something hurts, you have to take it seriously, man. Because I don't know this kid. I don't know what's it was, true and what's not. It was also fresh. It's super fresh. And I, we've taken our kid to the ER so many times. We are those people. <laughs> Very shortly after <laughs> Nothing's placement. ever been wrong. I don't think I'd even I'd like you to know that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think I maybe met them once. And so, like, it made no sense for me to be a part of that dynamic. But I was also like, but I thought that was our place. <laughs> it was. It's where we go when we pass out, bitch. <laughs> Did I tell you I passed out the other day without you? Not again, Hannah. Yeah. Where? In our kitchen. Hannah, no. So, and I don't know what was going on. I, I sat up from the chair too fast, something. I have had two glasses of wine. So, ooh, I really was going hard. But that was it. And I stood up. And then I just started to get woozy. Yeah. <laughs> a little woozy. <laughs> and I looked at I looked at him. I looked at Dan. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me. Yes. And he said, You doing okay? <laughs> and then I just said, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay down here on the floor. Yeah. But the whole time I'm talking to him, but I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then finally he's like, Do you need to go to bed? Do I need to call my mom? I was like, nah, don't be stupid. Don't be a silly little stupid. Juice. I'm gonna be Fine. And when I'm lying down, I'm good. It's just when I stand up and I'm like... (laughs) And so then I stood up 
yes. to walk to the bedroom, but yes. I lost my vision from the kitchen to the bedroom, As so I was does. in a blackout, right? You know how it is. Yeah. And I accidentally ran into the baby gate, <gasps> no. because we have a baby gate in front of our bedroom, because the dogs are gross. Because the dogs are babies. Yes. Uh, they're perfect. And so, <laughs> and then I finally, like, managed to get into my bed, and my husband was like, I just want to play video games, man, and now you're having all of this? <laughs> like, man, I thought we were going to shoot things together, and now I've lost my shot. This sucks. But I was fine. I am fine. Went to work the next day. Yeah, good. Totally. Just like a really fun thing where my body was just like, have you considered? I'm done. I am not window, having it. Window Excel shut down. You may not have any more fun tonight, Miss Hannah. You've been cut off after two drinks. I'm so sorry. Honestly, me fucking too. That was good fucking wine. <laughs> I really wanted a third one. And then I couldn't even justify it. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Yes. Ah. Smut. One of the... Nope. Oh! Sorry, no. let me try again. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. And we're back. Guess what? You don't remember. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. And we're back. It's pretty <laughs> Okay. 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 Bridesmaids. The penis story. <laughs> don't narrate it like that when they don't know. All I've said is this guy I work with who's a bridesmaid, and you went, the penis story. <laughs> you better get on with it. Okay, okay. So, most people in my life know that as a youth, I had one major bully. My first ever bully. We will not name her on the podcast. Yeah, but fuck you, Emma's bully. Anyway, I have feel? made it a funny ha-ha to say that they're my arch nemesis. I haven't seen them since middle or high school, okay? It's been years. And honestly, we were I was pretty fucked up as a youth. I'm sure that I had so much to do with it, but in my little noggin, enemy. Absolutely. They that ride or die, baby. From my perspective, they kind of pushed me out of my one and only friendship that I'd ever had for a long period of time. Yeah. Would call me names and physically hurt me a couple of times. <laughs> Anyway, so even my sweet, sweet fiancé knows that when I say, even my sweet, sweet fiancé knows that every now and then I'll say that bitch first last name. <laughs> bitch first last name. He doesn't know this person. He's never met him. And, like, it's just a funny thing. It's a funny bit. I do it all for the bit, okay? Well, that is my work friends who have become my outside of work friends have also learned about this bitch first name last name. And it's a, it's a little joke. Well, he starts <laughs> typing furiously after I've told him this story and we're like laughing. And uh, let's just cut to the chase. He looks at me and he said, I found their address. And I said, excuse me? And he said, I already sent the package. <laughs> I said, what? He sent her a, a glitter bomb filled with penis confetti with three extra scoops of glitter. I'm so, this is so funny. A spring in it with a message that says, you suck. <laughs> and a letter that just says, fuck you, first name, last name. No other context. Here's why I think this is so great is because I like to put myself in other people's shoes. Yes. How would I feel if I received this? And the answer is delightful. <laughs> I am genuinely concerned because Circling back to what I started to say before. I want someone to send me confetti dicks. <laughs> this is what I'm asking for. Well, before before I told the story, I was like, I, if, if you are listening, which I highly doubt you are, but if it gets to you and you're like, Jesus Christ, that was me. 
and you're like, this is that bitch that I hated with a vengeance. It was mutual. I just want you to know that. I sure hope you don't need therapy after that. I understand that we were children. Okay? I have no ill will towards you now. It's like a funny haha thing now. It's just a little bit. It's a little joke. And I feel kind of terrible. How did you end your friendship with your best friend? Like, what was the friendship that hurt the most when you ended it? That one. That one, talk about that one wrecked me. So we've talked about it a little bit before. Uh, the girl that I was friends with, we had become friends like my in first grade. I just moved to that town. I was new at the school. I didn't want to be anyone's friend. And she kept trying to play with me. And I was like, fuck off, dude. And she would go cry to the teacher. And the teacher would say, Emma, you have to fucking play with her. You're being like a dick right now. And I'd be like, ugh. And so then we'd play, and then the next day the same thing would happen. And over and over again, I was like, fuck off. And she was like, eh, play with me. And then it just clicked, and we became the bestest of friends ever. And I was constantly at her house. We had sleepovers, like, almost every night. I was there every weekend from first grade through middle school. I'd say maybe not all the way through middle school. But she lived in the same house for years, and I was constantly there. And then this other girl, first name, last name, that bitch, uh, moved in on the same street. And the street didn't have many other kids, and she was excited to have another kid on her street, and I totally knew that. She was in our grade, and she just, like, started really pushing for my friend's attention. I wasn't cool sharing. I still am not. But as I pushed back on sharing her, she pushed back significantly harder and was like, I'm going to be here regardless. And she would just say mean things to me. She commented on my weight. She commented on my jaw. She made fun of me just a lot. I remember in middle school, our school counselor had to sit down for couples counseling as a thruple. What? Yeah. Uh, mandated. The Because it was so bad. And I would always cry and be very vulnerable. And she would go along with it, and then we'd leave the room, and then she'd, like, make fun of me for how I acted. And, well, if you would just share, if you would just let me hang out with her, and I'm like, you fucking do, dude. Like, I don't understand. But I got to the point where when we had a scheduled sleepover or uh, play date or whatever, she would show up unannounced, or she would call and just, like, be there. And so our time got taken. Let's also remind everyone that as a youth I was in a not great home environment so this was like also not only was it my best and only friend but it was my only sanctuary away from the shit show right so to also have someone in like taking that that, taking literal space out of your space yeah I was not happy I was not happy humor and it got to the point where uh the breaking point was like she threw one of those jugs that you can it like has liquid in between the two barriers and you freeze it so the beverage stays cold longer. She chucked that at my face, busted my lip, and busted off two of the brackets of my braces. Fuck that bitch. And then she, like, name, last name. pretended like it wasn't her. She blamed what? it on my friend. And my friend was, wasn't was willing to stand up and say, like, no, I didn't do that. Even though I saw her, the bully, do it to me. There was no question that, like, maybe I saw things wrong or maybe it came out of nowhere and I wasn't looking. I watched her chuck it. And then I watched her blame it on my friend. Anyway, it just got to the point where, like, it was just brutal. And 
I also was moving around a lot during that time. And eventually, I think that the space just became too much and we stopped hanging out as much. It, it just happened. In my brain, in that horrible time where like a lot of stuff was happening, that was the, the timeline where I'm moving constantly. I have parental figures leaving me. I'm being introduced to a fucking cult. There's a lot going on in your life. I have it. I have the adult well, uh, and, man yeah. messaging me. And you're also an adolescent, which is, like, it is confusing. It is hard to be a child. It is, as adults, we need to be more compassionate for the fact that bodies are changing, minds are forming. Like, you can't form cognitive, full-processed thoughts. Uh, how fast I beat my kid at Connect Four it means they can't plan or think ahead. They have no idea cause and effect reactions with emotions and relationships with love kids are stupid (laughs) and so that's why they need a loving adult to guide them and if you've never had that you can understand how scary and difficult navigating this earth is Mm -hmm. i just remember feeling like when it was just me and my friend i felt like our worlds revolved around each other and like that was my person and then this other person came in and it felt like everything i did or said or was was just wrong i hate that for you thank you Anyway, I want you to um, know you're so welcome and accepted here. I love you. But all that to say that if you do hear this, I am sorry. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I am actually sorry because here's the thing: I wouldn't do that myself. Um, I do think it's kind of hilarious, but also also putting myself in someone's shoes of just receiving a message that says "fuck you" first last name and exploding glitter. I would feel horrible about myself, and like I kind of want you to you know regret how you treated me. But I also don't want you to be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but you gave him a confetti dick pile. It is kind of hilarious. It's really funny. It is, but I also feel a little guilty. (laughs) No. I, I, that's funny as fuck, man. (laughs) No, honestly, though, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I want to be sent dicks. They are lucky. You're lucky that this is how we treat our enemies, with glitter and dicks. Yeah, but imagine if someone that you had bullied from your youth just randomly sent you some shit. I don't even know how he found her address. Well, and speaking of people that have randomly sent shit after ending friendships. Mm-hmm. One of my childhood friends. Uh-oh. Have I ever told you how I ended my, like, best friendship? I don't know. Slash, like, love my life. I want to say yes, but right now I'm blacking out. I love that. I love that for us, too. <gasps> I, hate- <gasps> <gasps> I hate us. I hate us so much. Stop. Um, oh my god how old were you i want to say probably around the time 13 14 but that could be completely wrong that's like when my friendship began well that's the thing is like all of these horrible things that happened at my life happened right at 13 everything all happened at 13 so i was like jesus christ how much more can go wrong and then i was like nothing else nothing else could go wrong right and then more things went wrong and i was like yeah but anyway i think that it was right about 13 that's when I made, like, my first friend that I just, like, emulated. That was your I bitch. think I've talked about them a little bit. Like, one of my first red flags with them was we were walking by a kid in school that now is trans. Yeah. They asked me, like, would you be my friend if I looked like that or something? I asked mm-hmm. them. I don't really remember. One of us asked that. And they gave me the answer of, like, no. And I was like, oh, dude, what the fuck? Remember that we were children. Yes. Yeah, you know, reflecting, that was probably mean, too, to even be like, would you be friends with me if I looked like that? But I think that's honestly probably what I said, and I'm sorry. They said no, and that's what shocked me the most at that time. I was like, what? Because, like, 
I thought they were pretty rad. Like, I knew that they looked different than us, but I was like, really? And their answer oh. was no. But I thought we were tight. Yeah, but that was my first, like, inkling into, like, this feels superficial, but I didn't listen to it. Mm-hmm. And we just, like, kept this friendship all through middle school, all through high school, even when they moved away. I supposed to go my senior year to high school to live with them in their new school, but... They just, like, fell off the face of this earth, and they stopped contacting me entirely. They also came all the way from that school to my town during prom and never told me. And this is, like, the person that was my best friend. And then we saw each other at the movie theater, and I was like, oh, bitch, what are you doing in this state? You live in a whole different one. And they were like, oh, I'm just here for prom. Like, surprise. And I was like, bitch, you could have told me. The rejection, I'm sure you felt. Oh, it was so hard. It was, like, such a shitty, such a shitty evening. But anyways, so that happened, and then I was supposed to move to them senior year, and they just stopped talking to me, like, ghosted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? I had no idea that anything had happened, but two huge life events, if not more, had gone on in their life, and I, I get why they couldn't reach out. Like, I understand, but also as a best friend for, at that point, six years. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, bro? So there was some communication errors that led to, like, some hurt feelings for sure. So they moved back, and I was in college, and we ended up being roommates pretty instantly. And they were roommates. And we were roommates. Special roommates? Mm, I have Uh-oh. a huge crush on them, and that is what I will leave that at. Yeah. But what I will say was they set me up with one of their coworkers, and their coworker and them were friends. And I'm totally chill with my boyfriends having friends. I'm actually not like a possessive girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And I really wasn't at the time either. But I started feeling very insecure in our relationship when my best friend would start hiding their phone because they were texting my boyfriend. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah. So at that point, I started looking at things like their phone, which in hindsight, like if you can't talk to the person about it and be honest, you should just leave the whole situation right then. That's but I did look at their phone, right? Like, totally. And I saw hidden messages between them and my boyfriend. So this is now my best friend of, like, eight years and my boyfriend. And I confront them about it. Mm -hmm. They were upset that I looked at their phone, obviously. Right? So then I get off of work early one day and I come home and my boyfriend is in the driveway. But I'm not supposed to be home. And so I just pulled away and I, like, sent breakup messages with both of them. Because I wasn't fucking having it. Because even if they didn't cheat, never put you in a situation where you felt like you were compromised with my integrity and Mm. sweet, sweet fiancé, Zach. And I have never once been concerned about you and my husband. Why, thank you. You guys are besties. We are besties. I love that. And I would let you go to the movies together because you guys had similar interests. Like, I don't care. Here's the thing. It's the tism. It's the tism. Like, I'm so glad he has you, man. That's the reason that we're so tight. There was one day where he was like, you know, I don't think that we've ever hung out. And then we were like alone in a room for a minute. I think that you were like downstairs or something. Mm-hmm. And we just sat in silence and he was like, I think this is why. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. But like if you have a friend that you can't trust alone in a room with your boyfriend, you don't want that as a there's friend. There's something wrong. It's there's either, something it's super either wrong. There's an issue in your relationship or there's an issue in your friendship. Both. Yeah. I'd say both. So I, I left the whole situation and it was like, it was a really hard time in my life because I lost where I was living. Mm-hmm. I lost my best friend and my only support system that I felt I had for like eight years at that mm-hmm. point. 
and I lost to my boyfriend. And for someone who was raised to like date for marriage, I loved very deeply before I knew that it was something that maybe I should like work on myself first. Yeah. So the amount of shit I was willing to put up with and bullshit that I would go through before like knowing I deserved better mm-hmm. is bullshit and was bullshit. And I say is because I'm still learning every day about like what I deserve. And that's hard. I feel like I look back on my friendship situation and there were so many times uh, that like I would break down to my friend and just be like, I feel like I'm a terrible friend because I am, I don't read social cues well and I don't know boundaries. And I felt like I pushed their boundaries a lot of the time. I would apologize and they're like, oh, it's fine. But I always felt like this overwhelming guilt. That was just like, I, I don't know how you want to read into that. I, my home life was not great, so I always was on edge of, like, what did I do you to make this You were in survival mode your entire life. And I think, honestly, these past five years mm-hmm. have been the only times in your life where maybe you haven't been in full survival and learning how to de-escalate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're in survival mode, like, yes, that's really shitty for you, but it is shitty for the people around you. Yes. And it's really cool to recognize that, but also... While you're responsible, like, you can't change it. You I know. made your decisions and it's okay. You're here and you're alive. Like, that's cool. Well, part of it is, like, I do look back and I know that I had a lot to do with my quote-unquote for a joke arch nemesis <laughs> is behavior. Like, am I saying that everything that she did was okay because I acted out? No, it wasn't. You kind of fucked up. I was also fucked up. In my own little trauma brain, I sure was very fucked up and definitely did not help situations. Just want to say that I do take responsibility for how that all went down and continued to go for the years that we were friends and whatnot. But like, Jesus Christ, did it fucking suck. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. part of why, like, earlier on in our friendship, you were talking about moving out of state and I was like fucking terrified. Yeah. Because I was fucking terrified. I missed you. Like one of the only reasons we didn't do it right away. And I'm so glad we didn't because now we finally have our kid was because of you. Like my husband and I really looked to move to a more progressive state and town so that we could adopt or so that we could foster and have more accessible areas for our child to thrive and grow in. But if we're going to adopt a child with roots to our state, we're probably even more rooted here because I wouldn't want to rip them away from something familiar even more. Yeah. But also- We stuck with you, bitch. But also at this point, like, you have a lot of friends that are out of state that you keep in contact with and still love them just the same. And I think that you're the only person that I've ever met that has been like, yeah, that's pretty normal. Because, like, to me, I was like- Do you remember- I obviously remember- your trauma. Do you remember your trauma where your friends just fucking dropped off the edge of this earth? Yeah. Did you want to talk about that? I've also talked about it on the podcast. It's just oh, like when do I- Do you like that I don't remember anything? I love you so much. This whole episode is just shit that we've already said. And this I, whole I episode is Hannah that. doesn't remember anything. Hold on, let me get comfy. If I had to give myself a review one star. <laughs> We're not there yet, but you know. Still struggle with viewing that friendship. So this was like right before I moved here from Tennessee- I worked with a group of people that were so fucking cool. I I really looked up to them because they were all very unique and had, like, the sickest personalities. I fucking loved them. And I still love them. I think that they're incredible. Um, But I sure do feel like they adopted me out of pity. Mm. And I struggle with that a lot because in my brain, I did not fit in with them. And every time that we hung out, it just felt like I was the pity add-on. 
and they were really nice to me and really sweet. Um, but like going back to the fact that my only friendship before that was very possessive because of my trauma brain. And then having this group of people who often hung out without me or made jokes kind of at my expense, but also I still don't know if they were just jokes or if they were actually making fun of me in front of me. And it feels more like they were making fun of me in front of me. But like they took me out for my 21st birthday and we had a great time and then they took me home and then continued partying afterwards. And and then I moved here and they just kind of stopped talking to me all together. And I got to the point where I went to visit home and was trying to make plans to see everyone and no one was answering. I'm embarrassed to say that I got super drunk while we were there because we were hitting up all the bars that I'd never been to. And I just kept messaging and kept calling to be like, are you alive? Like, what's happening? I'm here. I'm here for one night. What are you doing? What's up? Like, I gave you ample notice. And you said that we were doing this. They did respond, I want to say the next day. Um, and Which doesn't count. I don't know if it was that late that night or the next day, but one of the people in the friend group said that the other had gotten really sick. And that I understand. And I, again, I'm not super proud of continuing to message. But, like, in that mindset, I was like, Jesus Christ, was I nothing to you guys? But also, I feel like if the roles were reversed and someone was traveling. You text me sick. I would have texted you so fast. Yeah. Sometimes we're such people pleasers that when people don't treat us with the same people pleasing things that we use, whether they're good or bad, it just hurts Mm -hmm. that, like, the energy isn't matched. It makes you feel like you're less than. Yeah. Like, why did I put all of my heart into this and expectations and you just... you know I'm an all or nothing bitch. Like, I fucking love you. But honestly, I was so fucking embarrassed after that. I never reached out. And there have been a couple of times that they have reached out over the years since I've left. Honestly, I don't think I responded because it didn't feel like... Genuine? No. Yeah. And honestly, they started coming after the podcast and they were really sweet and supportive. That's Um, nice. I do think I responded to... the reason they came. I don't know. I don't know. And I think that when I don't know... I am too paralyzed by the by fear that I don't want to put myself back in that situation because I here's the thing they could have genuinely loved me and loved my company and thought of me as a great friend but those intrusive thoughts though say and, those things are impossible and I think that's important to say is like I'm not saying that they were bad people I think that they were incredible incredible people I don't know how that friendship actually was though I, it's so and that's hard scary. to trust your emotion when you're when you're neurodivergent, honestly, mm-hmm. because I struggle knowing, like, if I've read things correctly, if mm-hmm. I've jumped to conclusions on my little trampoline too mm-hmm. quickly, so often. And we all have just such different views of the world and, and trying to change that mindset. So where it's always coming from the place of, like, empathy, love, compassion, and patience is so hard because I... Don't need as much patience as some people do. Holy shit. But also, (laughs) that's how it do be. And it's exhausting to treat everyone like a child. But we all have this stupid inner child that was never fed. Yeah. And I think that part of why that friendship dying off hurt so bad was because I had just moved to a place that I knew no one. My mental health was at, like, an all-time low. 
I was not doing okay. And so for me reaching out to go, and also I should mention, they did they did FaceTime me several times, but then they just dropped it off out of nowhere. And then I was the only one trying to call and they always declined it. And so I just stopped trying to see if they would start trying and they never did. And I've so had I just friends that I've done that to too though. And like from their side of the story. So I have a girl that I just fucking love mm-hmm. who moved away. And we met like three months before she moved away. And she invited me to be a bridesmaid in her wedding, but her wedding was during COVID and it was just hard. And I was never able to be her bridesmaid. And I just felt so guilty about it. I was so embarrassed that I couldn't be a part of her wedding because of the stupid shit going on. And I think that after the wedding that they invited me to be a part of Mm -hmm. that I said I wasn't able to go after I had bought a dress for. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm the piece of shit here. I didn't reach out because of shame. Isn't that a wild thing? Yes. Just your fucking brain is such an asshole to you. Yes. And, like, they're such amazing people. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the energy to invest into healing the relationship that I broke. I get that. And so I don't know if they feel the same way, but, like, if we're going to be wearing each other's shoes, that's a fun thing to try on for size. I feel like I fucked up that friendship. I, I, if it was genuine... Again, my my sick fucking brain is just like, they were all making fun of you the whole time. And then the other part of me is like, no, they actually loved you. They they invited you out. They're so nice. Because they are incredible people. I don't fucking know. And your brain is just a bitch. Yeah, honestly, do be. And I, I just... know that I know that at least one of them at least did listen. And so if she's listening to this right now, hey bitch, I still fucking love you. I still talk about you and how incredible you are hear this and hear me saying I'm fucking sorry for my trauma brain and my reactions to things and just know that I still think that you guys are incredible and I fucking love you. I just also don't have it in me to find the fuck out. Yep. That's it. I'm just a little guy and I just want to read my energy to make relationships that don't chase me back. That was the biggest thing is when I did stop calling and they stopped they, they never yeah. tried the initiative that I just felt broken. I was like, I, they never wanted me around. This is that validation that I was just the pity party. It's yep. And that's, so I've had friends that are like so much healthier than me that I truly love. And like on paper, we are everything that best friends should be. And I fucking love this woman so much with my whole heart. And I was at her baby shower and I brought her a present for her kid's first birthday and her second birthday rolled around and she had presents and gifts and things. And I, I wasn't invited. I know that I'm losing relationships and things like that, that are just like organically falling off. But Mm -hmm. on the other hand, like I know I'm to blame because I know my ADHD brain is out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't reach out to me, you gone. Like it's been what, three or four years since I left. I'm a different fucking person. They don't even know you at this point. Especially in your, not to be like, I'm an old fucking bitch. But like, <laughs> especially in your early 20s. I just feel like that was so much growth and progress and change and devastation for me. A lot of where my identity was shaped yeah, was Yeah, there's some in big character development going on. Yeah, some I, big main character energy developing in your early 20s. <laughs> I looked at Zach and been like, dude... Thank you for the safe space for me to, like, find out what I actually like. Because I sure do fuck around. (laughs) I found out, let me tell you, 
And, like, I'm going to continue to change. Over the next three to four years, I'm going to be a different person. But that's that's another thing is that if I wanted to reach out to these people again, how how am I supposed to do that when I'm not the same person that they that they knew? And they're not the same people that I knew. No. You just have to let it go. I they, think the most frustrating part is, like, when you've let something go years, tens, five mm-hmm. years ago, and then they keep popping back up and you're like, Look, there's no ill will. Like, I don't wish you bad. I wish you the very best. But get the fuck out of my life. You know what it makes me think of? It's like my relationship with my dad. Yeah. He dropped off the face of the earth for me. Yes. And every now and then he tries to reach out. And I'm like, bitch, you don't fucking know you anything don't in my know life. me. And like, I'm that's not going to curse. And that's another thing is that the last time that he put in effort I couldn't even tell you. You know, it's been so many fucking years and it was me constantly putting in the effort over and over and over again just to be shut down or made empty promises to and then let down that I, I was like, this isn't fucking worth it. And I just stopped. Yeah. It, it's not worth it if you're not going to fucking try. And when I don't reach out, he doesn't reach out. End of story. And that's so it. So it's Honestly, not worth it. If we treated kin the same way we treat friends. I would have cut my kin out so long ago. Mm. So fucking long ago. I would give my kin a one-star review. Or, like, in my mom's <laughs> case, she only reaches out when it's something about her. Right. Right. Only. And if I try to reach out with a big life event, it's, have you heard? The bird is the word. There's electricity in my mattress. What the fuck? I worry about them. Very recently. Yes. Uh-oh, this is a real story. Oh, no. I got a call from my mother. Ring, ring. Hello, it's me. And she was telling me that she sold her bed frame because oh. she was being electrocuted at night. Is her bed frame metal? No. No. It's wood. It is. So her mattress is on the floor, but she's still being electrocuted. So she has put yoga mats on top of her bed to sleep on it. So she is not being electrocuted, but Does she that is still being I didn't think that would help. Has she considered sleeping on the floor or in the tub? To which I said, you know, sometimes when my anxiety is really bad, you know, like I've had really bad anxiety attacks where my heart is beating so fast yeah. and loud that it sounds like footsteps around me and then the yeah. panic gets worse. Because there's footsteps around you. There was one time that I had a panic attack and didn't realize I was in a panic attack and I was shaking so hard that the bed was shaking. I fucking thought my sweet, sweet fiance was getting himself off. And so I, like, flew over and was like, are you fucking are you joking doing? me? Are you, are you right masturbating here? in a time like this? I said, I With am this right sweet here. vagina? I said, you joking me? You could have this anytime. And you gonna sit there and just jack about it? To which he said, what? He was just straight snoozing. <laughs> snoozing. He was like, I don't know what's happening. And I was and I was just crying. I was like, I can't believe you would do this. Oh my god. I and then we both you. realized, oh, Emma's in a panic attack and is just like not aware of what's going on. It's wild. I know clearly this was early on in the relationship when I was super anxious. But we're doing better now. Yes. Sometimes I look at Zach and I'm like, hey, thanks for dealing with my chaos in the first fucking year, two years. Because Jesus Christ. For the rest was, of his life. Was I not ready? And I mean that with love. Yeah. And he's like, I think that you were okay. I said, said I was pretty full of trauma. And he was like, I would have said in love, but that's fine. <laughs> I love him so much. How is Zacharina so precious? Very recently, so since the engagement, he's started sending me, like, sappy uh, Instagram quotes. 
I'd like to read you one. Out of nowhere, unprovoked, if he sent you this, he wants you to know that you're his. He chose you, and he will continue to always choose you. You're everything to him, but most importantly, you're his love. You're his forever. He will always be by your side no matter what. He'd rather go through bad times with you than good times with anyone else. This isn't how he talks. This is the algorithm that said, bitch, you're engaged. Have you considered these? It's hilarious because, like, I could never imagine him saying that. He's very sweet and very reassuring. But that's not it. Tells me sweet, sweet things all the time. He's a taxidermist. But this is like a video with a quote on it that someone typed out so that people would forward it for likes and whatnot. But, like... I was like, this is so wholesome, but also what? It's the algorithm. Pardon me, because, like, his love language is smacking my ass when I walk up the stairs to go to bed. That's nice. Yeah. Sometimes. 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 He always makes me go first, first of all. But sometimes he just slips his hand in between the little legs and accidentally almost inserts, to which I say, I'm not your puppet. And anyway, he loves me enough to marry me. Before I left to come here tonight, he was very sleepy and was almost falling asleep on the couch. And I bust out of the bathroom and was just, like, fucking dancing. I was doing weird-ass dance moves at him. And I was not stopping. I was swirling around on these sock toes. I was having a great time. And he was not giving me the energy. I have half the energy you have, but it's (laughs) just as wholesome. I fucking love it. I wish my kid was here in a wild with you. (laughs) They'd match this energy immediately. Thank you. I like that. Here's the thing. We had a whole plan for this. Not a great one. Not yeah, not a structured a plan. plan. This isn't what we planned. No, we're actually 50 minutes into this episode and we haven't talked about what we want to talk about, which I've hinted at a couple times if we've listened to any spoilers. I gotta it's tell you reviews. something. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> Fuck man. <laughs> Fuck man. I was just like serenading the little, uh, the, the plot for the end of it. Oh, he looks beautiful. So one of the things we were going to work on was one, reviewing ourselves, and two, uh, reading reviews from our previous churches that we went to. So recently I had someone tell me, oh, like, non-denominal Christian is usually pretty tame. And I went to my previous church's review and I looked up non-denominational Christian church reviews as well as Grace Bible Church's reviews. I'd like to tell you a one-star review about my church that I went to. <clears throat> I have been to just about every church in this valley. This one takes the cake at being the worst due to their lack of grace. The staff has and their ability to remain unrepentant even when they know they are wrong. No. <laughs> me forgiving you does not change what caused you to hurt me to begin with. And does not make you respect my boundaries and legal boundaries. Steer clear of this pastor. Steer clear. Also, steer clear of his staff. There is a reason why this church is cult-like and male-dominated. It is because of the culture fostered by the pastor and his peers in leadership roles throughout many years. They are not your friends. Just think about it. They are not asking everyone their name because they want to be your friend. They are also forbid the homeless from entering and many others they dislike from worshiping. They also forbid someone who is gay from worshiping if they do not immediately repent. They do not allow women to teach or lead in any way at this church. I might have to take a crack at them in front of everyone and call them out in a group over all this. As the leadership is not about the law or the Bible, God has inspired to be written as his word. Okay, so part of that reminded me something that I haven't told you about. Absolutely. So at 
Uh, I'm going to read some reviews from the cult I was in, Remnant Fellowship. You may have heard of it on the pod. Gwen was the leader, her son, who left the church and then was forced to come back and then left again, has started doing interviews about the church. Why? Because it's terrible. Oh, is he on? I have, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, this is the interview where he said, oh, this might make the church mad, but, like, yeah. here's the tea, sis. Yes. So, some mm. people have said that this is also a publicity stunt because he does music, which, honestly, was the one thing that I enjoyed about the church was him because he was so... You, I just remember being in church and seeing him and listening to him saying and being like, that dude's sad and I fuck with it. Honestly, get your bag, brother. I fucking love that for you. At one point, maybe our next episode will be about this article where, like, I have actual more information that is more, you know, in order and whatnot. Those brain notes. Mm-hmm. Not in notes. <laughs> but one of the things in this article is he was like, here's the thing. There are files on every single one of the people that go to that church. That's part of why there are so many videos, why everything was filmed. They have files on... If you are actually in church or watching on live stream, if you're live streaming and actually paying attention, taking notes, or if you have it on in another room and you're doing other shit. They have notes on if you're having marital troubles or if you're taking your medication or if you're going to the doctor or if you're actually praying this many times. No shit. They have it all. And the leadership also had a group chat, which they leaked screenshots of being like, so-and-so said that she was struggling, get someone on it now. I think that that can be construed as like, someone needs to help her, help her. Mm-mm. More like, get it handled. Yeah, don't let this leak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that that should be our next episode. That's wow. fucking loot life. Do you want to go back and forth on reviews? Yeah, give me one of Remnant's reviews. Absolutely. Turns out we can't read. One start. For the bit. If you have to go to church to lose weight... The fact that this isn't a red flag, while you get what you deserve, this is absolutely stupid. How they're still around not only proves the absolute stupidity of people in society, it demonstrates that there is real evil and dresses itself up as naively perceived good. The devil is alive and working here. Ow, Jesus. (laughs) I like that these reviews are from Christian people as well judging this other Christian Mm -hmm. organization like there is a difference between a Christian and a cultist. Not a big one, but there is. One star. Grace Bible Church. Staff. Immensely lax. Grace. Very punny. Feel terrible for anyone approaching them with any serious life issue. I would highly recommend steering well clear of this place if you are looking for solace or a listening ear. One star. It is a deceitful place. False teachings, not biblical. Gwen's wedding to Joe Lara was so embarrassing that it was like a comic story. Between her greed and Joe's obvious stupidity, it was sad. But Gwen was right when she said, God will not be mocked. One star. Do not go here. There's no, pu- there's no punctuation. This is why. I'm claiming this is why. Do not go here. Many Christians think they are better than a Christian who talks about drinking. Using weed. And I've been told I'm going to hell. And I've been told by multiple leaders in the church that I am not a Christian. I can't believe they said that. You weed user, you. (laughs) One star. This church is evil. Look at the children who have died because of the practices. The founder's son was smart to leave, but the daughter is still brainwashed. 
This place is full of greed. In middle school, I knew several girls and boys who went here, and they were not only abused, but threatened not to have any friends outside of this hellhole. Fresh Life, Non-Denominational Church. The quote from a pastor on their radio spot, rambling on about making invisible stuff visible, is so ridiculously immature, fruity, and nonsensical that I literally thought it was a parody of church ads at first. Since it's not, this church is clearly attempting to draw in the dumbest and most gullible in society, even more so than other churches, which is really saying something. One star. All the good reviews here are scripted from the main staff. This place does not teach from the Bible. It is a dangerous congregation being led by false teachers. One visit here and it was very easy to see how dangerous this place really is. One star. Fresh life. Non-denominational. A cult church with brainwashing rather than anything about Jesus. Do not support mega churches. One more. One star. No. It's a cult. Period. <laughs> one star. This church is such one of many that are embarrassments to Christianity. Extreme ego, greed, self-centered, brainwashing cult is the actual definition of what this church represents. These fools have absolutely no idea on what Christianity is. These fools commit sins every freaking hour in the day just by being who they truly are. Brainwashing, greedy, cults. Lots of caps. I cannot wait to read this. <laughs> Fresh Life, non-denominational. <clears throat> Three-star review. <gasps> no. This is a mega church. Rock to believe. Believe, believe. Money, money, money. Levi, God. What? <laughs> Expect lots of apples to oranges fallacies. And him saying God is like a hissing snake. Thou shalt not question authority. If heaven is great, what matters? Which is why I've had family members commit suicide for Jesus. There it is. That's not a healthy perspective. Do you have anything else for I, the, I have for the podcast? I have oh. <gasps> so sorry. Go you for it. One star. I grew up in Nashville, and this, and this church is a pure reflection of a particular image-based and vain toxicity that affects affluent, conservative white people in Nashville and Williamson County. These horrible, vain people tormented me as an overweight kid through the 80s until I left Nashville for 22 years. The remnant is literally the cultural pinnacle, or rather deepest pit, of rich white vanity here that results in passive-aggressive abuse and judgment. The help that they provide is a perfect package of bless your heart, meaning you're pathetic and ugly, but we're so loving and Christian that we'll gaslight you into eventually becoming one of us. That does feel right. That was a good review to end on. Also, one thing that I wanted to ask was uh, how many one-star reviews does your church have? Not as many as yours, I'm sure. I would like to show you. Hold on, let me pull it back up. Because I find it hilarious. Mine was never on HBO. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fair. So Remnant Fellowships itself has 2.9 stars. The overwhelming majority being one stars. That is true. Out of 209. It is over half. By a lot. I would say like 100 max are five stars. And then there's no middle. They're either cultist or they've watched HBO. Honestly. Well, that's the other thing is that I skipped over a lot 
But there was a handful of those that were like, saw the documentary, you're bitches. <laughs> Shame on you. One of the reviews was kind of dark. Essentially, it just said, like, glad she died. <laughs> well, and we're alive and well. Reporting from doing our best. Signed off, Hannah. And Emma, we love you so much. Thanks for staying Thank around for this for shit show. for listening. I hope I edit decent. Okay, bye! Okay, love you so much. Bye-bye! And a fine champagne, I'm a Jezebel I'm a wicked witch, I'm an ugly, nasty, comedy bitch Weekends when I want some fun, castrate a man Take away his guns, drive a classic car into a ditch I'm an ugly, nasty, comedy bitch Well, I know I am, but what are you? Some fascist, bootleg, Nazi tool Whiny boy with a tiny dick Or a dumb fuck, redneck, backward hick Did I get it right? Have I pegged you yet? Maybe we don't know who we ain't met Maybe nobody wins but they already read.